Well, good day, everybody. I um, have another episode for you um, for just like a quick update on kind of everything happening in the coronavirus world these days. Um, here's a conversation that I had with Michael Lennox, and he's the CEO and founder of uh, wonderful places that we've all spent uh, probably an inordinate amount of time at, uh, which is Lady Bird Grove and Mess Hall, Muchacho, Golden Eagle, uh, probably sometimes all three on the same day, uh, especially when the weather's been nice. So, um, but Michael and and a lot of other people in the city have been up to some great things as of late. And um, anyway, here's Michael. Take a listen. It's been a, a roller coaster ride the last uh, three weeks, to, to say the least. And yeah, I, I had to literally stop and look at the calendar today and, and remind me. I was like, when did we close the restaurants again? Oh, that was... It was two weeks ago. It feels like it was two months ago. Yeah. Well, and just based on the amount we've crammed in since then. I was gonna say, and you know, I I was uh, I was having a conversation with um with another restaurant owner business um business owner here in Atlanta, and uh they were they, and this was last week. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's been two weeks since we closed the doors. And I was like, golly, has it already been like two weeks since we've been doing this whole, you know whatever, whatever the new normal of, of the day is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I guess on that note, like what's, what's, uh, what's like the status of like for, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know that electric hospitality is like your, your group, but I mean, I guess between, um, like golden Eagle and Ladybird and muchacho, like what's, what's going on with you guys? Like what's, what's kind of like the, what's par for the course right now? Yeah. So, very simple question. Allow me to give you a, a very long-winded, elaborate answer. That's what I was that hoping for. So it's probably more <laughs> robust than it needs to be. But uh, basically, sense of time is a little in flux. So I'm using some very loose guesstimates here. But I'd say like six weeks ago, as the crisis started to pick up speed just in international headlines outside of China. And I think at that point started to show its head in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest a little bit, um, started poking around and talking to some other peers in the industry and had conversations along the lines of like, Hey, this looks pretty not good. Like what's, what's your plan? Just let's compare notes here. What, what are y'all doing? And, uh, everybody was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, this looks pretty, pretty scary. Like, we're just gonna, I guess, you know, keep fighting as long as we can, and push comes to shove, we'll try to do it to go or something. And uh, that, that was kind of the extent of it. And so, to me, I hindsight's twenty twenty, but it seemed like Atlanta then and still now is is kind of the tail end of the dog in terms of having a window into the future with what other markets here in the U S and internationally are doing. And everybody eventually seems to be arriving at the same place, which is a full, full on quarantine, full on lockdown. And to me, it just seemed like I have yet to see any good news come out of this. And it seems to only be getting worse and more of a, a pronounced, response wherever it is is landing which is everywhere basically so 
what does that look like for us? And I just started imagining the future of a world where, whether it's temporary or permanent, where we need to be thinking about what restaurants are doing after they're closed. And I'm not trying to um, put down anyone who is doing to-go or delivery in a more spirited way. Uh, everyone has their their business to run, and I totally understand the economics and the, the sort of thirst for, hey, we've got to figure out some way to keep the lights on, even if we're running out of oxygen here and we're doing 15% of our normal sales. Like the the pressure to do that is through the roof. So totally understand that, but I, I took the perspective of let's fight as as much as we can to stay the course with, with our business unless or until we can't or it just doesn't make any sense to do so. And then uh, I wasn't, I wouldn't say fully prepared to just kind of close up shop per se, but it, it just happened so, so quickly for us. Uh, so two and a half weeks ago, we hadn't seen any sales declines, like zero. And we were on target for all of our forecasts. And then going into that weekend, when it was really nice out, and this is obviously sort of the optimal time of year for us. Yeah. Like we're the in the spring, and we've got a lot of outdoor space. People are flocking around, you know, on the belt line ordinarily. Um, we saw a 25% drop off that Saturday, and that was the first decline we saw, and that was at all concepts. And then the Sunday, the next day, our sales dropped off 80%. And then at that point, we started getting like tons of nasty messages on social media about us perpetuating uh, the spread and all this and our sales. We So we ended up opening on Monday at Muchacho and our sales were like 20% of where they normally would be for Muchacho on a Monday, which is not like the busiest day of the week, but so like basically like 20 people came through the door on Monday. Right. And so a combination of all those things and just having lots of conversations about this behind the scenes. It's like, okay, well, our sales just fell off a cliff over the weekend. People are actively antagonizing us right now. I certainly don't want to be contributing to any, to something that I don't really fully understand anyways. And so for health and safety and of our guests and our staff, and, you know, ultimately the future of these requests to return because if you don't have any sales, you don't really have business. And so it's like, we need to just shut this thing down before we go into like doomsday spending mode. And we're just like throwing money at the problem. And all of a sudden we're, we're at zero. So let's, let's close this thing down. It's going to be super painful. And so we did that two Mondays ago today. And you know, it was the worst day of my life. Like, and we have 120, 125 staff across all our restaurants, had a meeting with our managers. And so across all restaurants, between chefs and managers, we probably have 25 managers. And let them know, like, hey, we're closing. And I don't know when we're going to reopen. I don't know. Uh, you know we're we're going to have to have the staff to file for unemployment. And the, that day, the governor had just released legislation allowing for 
unemployment filings that businesses can do electronically on behalf of all their staff so they don't have to run down to the, the Department of Labor. So we did all that that Monday. It was horrible. But in the background, I had been building this sort of thesis around what what do we do if we're closed and, and what do we do if all restaurants are closed? And to me, the, the core idea there is if, if we have the same amount of restaurant spaces in town, the same amount of kitchens, same amount of chefs, same amount of staff, same amount of food available theoretically, same amount of uh, catering vans parked in the lot, drivers in cars if if those channels are completely shattered is there a way to use technology to build them back up and produce food that we can route to hospitality workers that are now at home without a job you know potentially on the on the way to eviction given the fact that the vast majority of people that work in the hospitality industry are paycheck to paycheck and, and don't earn very much money to begin with. And so if that at scale looks like we have 500,000 plus hospitality workers in the state of Georgia and we have 300,000 plus in the metro Atlanta area, it looks like we have a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of people hitting the unemployment ranks that don't know where they're going to get their next paycheck, don't know where they're going to get their next meal, don't know where they're going to be sleeping, potentially. Yeah. So that's like a massive social crisis on our hands, not just in Atlanta, like, but nationally. And so it's like, all right, well, what do we, what do we know how to do? We know how to feed people. We know how to make food. We know how to order it. We know how to prepare it. And I, I have a lot of different. Uh, I, you know, I'm fortunate being here from Atlanta and just, I guess, being social or outgoing or, or whatever you call it. But know a lot of people in town do doing a lot of different interesting things. And so I just started reaching out and trying to connect as many dots as I could and, and just had some fortunate introductions and people kind of bubble the surface that uh, are filled with tech and logistics and uh, finance and nonprofits and all these sort of disparate threads. And we've been putting them all together as quickly as we can and, and putting it under the ATL family meal banner so over the last two weeks, we've what, what that's looked like is us forming a, a state nonprofit, filing our federal 501c3 paperwork, which we did last Friday, wow. which gives us the ability to accept donations and, and do tax write-offs for corporate donors and foundations and so forth. We have um, produced over the last two weeks I think 3,500 meals between our restaurants, um, Linton Hopkins restaurant restaurants and have had other, other groups and businesses pitch in and help out and kind of get behind it. The King of Pops has had some of their truck fleet help run deliveries. Um, Fox brothers are, are in support and we're trying to figure out what the next move is for them to contribute. And, and ultimately the technology that we're working with is similar to Lyft and, and Uber kind of ride share technology. And so the vision here is every restaurant in town, every hotel in town, every catering firm in town 
everybody has employees, whether they're on unemployment now or not. Everybody knows how to communicate with their employees some, somehow or another. Yeah. So they have email addresses, they have phone numbers, they have other digital tools, and there's ways to reach these people. And so if I'm on email lists with 100-plus restaurant owners, that email list represents 15, 20, 25,000 employees sprinkled around the metro Atlanta area. So if we can figure out a way to get everybody on board, and I mean everybody, we can populate all of those mailbox addresses into one system, produce food at a variety of locations, and then distribute it out to individual hospitality workers' homes and uh, places where they live with their families as well. Wow. So that's the, um, that's the vision. That's what we're trying to accomplish right now. And yeah, it's been moving really quickly. I've, I've had a lot of positive developments, but it, it, it's like, on the one hand, it feels like I've been working on this for two years. On the other hand, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe like it doesn't sound legitimate. Like, and this isn't a humble brag. It's just like, we've packed in an extraordinary amount of work in two weeks, but that's only happened because so many people have come out of the woodwork that are really talented at what they're at, at things that they do and have helped out in like major ways, like lawyers, accountants type people. Like I'm really, I'm in super close communication with Karen Remmer, who's the head of the Georgia restaurant association. And she's taking on a board role for the board of directors for ATL family meal. Wow. Um, and, you know, have had, conversational relationship and friendly relationship with Lynn Hopkins in the past, but uh, we've been on the phone three or four times a day, every day for the last two weeks. And, and he's working really close to that. So it's, it's just, it's a surreal moment of positive energy bubble into the surface with a lot of people that really want to do something. They just don't really know what to do. Yeah. And so trying to figure it out. And, and I think, this has the potential to really be a, a powerful channel for as many of us in the industry as possible to, to funnel it under one flag and really make a huge impact. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, I think, um, I think one thing that's really scary other than, you know, this has created the evaporation of someone's employment, um, in some instances overnight or during the same day that someone was running a shift, the, the scarier thing is where's your next meal going to come from? Because now your livelihood in order to do so, you know, either, either the employment itself producing what you needed for basic needs of, of your life, or, you know, you were counting on one of the meals that you had during your shift as family meal. That's a major impact to your life or to your family's life. And, um, yeah, the the thought of of people not not literally not being fed because of this um, is a really dire situation. So, I mean, I know that that's that's answering the need of a lot of people. Where the the thought of where is the next meal coming from adds an an insurmountable amount of stress. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really I mean that's meeting the need like right there on the street, man. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, that's definitely, it, it's like, if, if, if this type of situation happens and it's knocking everybody on their ass, 
like in a lot of different sectors, a lot of different industries and hitting tons of households. To me, I, I view this as like leaving the just immediate, more easy to understand public health crisis and the seriousness of that. It's like from a just economic and society level, this is like 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, 2008, you know, Great Depression really kind of rolled up into one. Yeah. And it's severing the ties of our local economies at a rapid speed, but it's also severing the ties of like, community bonds. Like, I'm not a, a terribly religious person, but it's like, it's spooky to drive by churches and be like, closed, services closed until further notice. And it's like, yeah. These are just like really micro ties to the community that people have everywhere. Yeah. And if those bonds are broken overnight, then it folds back on, you know, like, how closely do we know each other? How much do we stay in touch via phone or email or otherwise? And if the answer is like not very much, then you just have a lot of people sort of hibernating indefinitely without any expectation of or, 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 or real tools to nobody's hiring right now. Like who's hiring? You know, like it's not like you can just turn around and be like, oh, well, let's go get another job. It's like I don't think so. But for most people, like that's not an option. So yeah. It's yeah. like, what does this say about us as a society if we're not able to step forward and try to come up with a creative solution to at least, like, reallocate resources that exist? They're just not being distributed in a healthy way right now so that we yeah. can at least support the people that are here and keep keep things going a little bit while uh, while we kind of do what we can to fight this off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I was I was actually really looking forward to chatting with you about this, Michael, because it's it's been really interesting just over the I mean, it's it's hard to kind of keep up on so many things that are happening just from a social media perspective or, um, you know, reading, you know, what other local publications are, you know, running right now. Um, but, you know, it's I think hearing it from you and just like, you know, the 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 melding of minds like yours and Linton Hopkins and you know Steve and Nick from King of Pops and just people who people who cook and people who you know work in the industry it's it's a very it's a very encouraging and positive shred of of news and information um and I mean I guess like the the last question I have for you man is like if if anyone's hearing this or they're you know, they've heard of what you guys are, are doing, you know, as a collective group, as ATL family, you know, like f- first and foremost, I would want to know, like, how, how, how do you get fed? And then also if you're a person with resources, how do you get involved? Yeah. So in terms of how you get fed right now, we are in the sort of beta testing phase and making sure that, uh, all of the, the links in the chain kind of get food out at the right time to the right place. And I don't even know if I'm like supposed to be saying this publicly right now because it's new, newer information for us, but we, um, we have a sort of quasi, I don't know if partnership is the right word, but we are working with Zifty mm. and have a relationship that we're kicking off this week so that they, so we can sort of um, push the technology that, our tech team has been building and working on and harmonize it with our employee, like aggregated employee databases mm-hmm. and addresses and 
tap into their pool of drivers, which they have, you know, infrastructure around and resources for. So that's another kind of piece of connective tissue and they have 400 or 500 drivers. So um, Mm. it's going to be a second until it's like, Hey, all hands on deck. But yeah, that, that, that gives us some more immediate headroom on the slippery side. And, and so from there, it's really, you know, we have an upper limit to the amount of meals we can produce out of our kitchen in one day. Same with Linton. Um, we're not there yet. I mean, it's like we're doing two meal deliveries a week mm-hmm. at the moment, Wednesdays and Fridays. But we, we really just need more restaurants to hop on board, not even to produce food, just from the standpoint of, hey, do you have employees that might be interested in receiving free meals a couple times a week? If yeah. the answer is yes, let's have them sign up. It's not going to take very long. And we have people to help with the sign-up process and onboard them so that we can we can start adding more employees to the list and, and start feeding more people so yeah that's sort of one of the first building blocks that we're trying to ramp up right now yeah and that in terms of um, ways to contribute there's there's a variety of ways we have a, a new as of last couple of days website that has a uh, donate button so uh, five five dollars buys a meal for uh an employee or uh, and if, if there's more than one person in a household so multiply it by the number of people but five dollars buys a meal and you can donate in, in whatever increment you're comfortable with on the website we are working on unfolding a uh, bigger platform on the website of uh, sort of art and photography and mm-hmm. local artisans that interact with the restaurant space and have have a particular voice. So whether that's um, so, for instance, the graphic design firm we work with, they did a print um, sort of capturing the spirit of the Atlanta restaurant community and what that means to them and depicting mm-hmm. that in our art form did a limited edition print. We have it on the website right now. Um, after printing costs, because it costs money to pay for the prints to come off the, the printing press after printing costs, all additional proceeds go to ATL family meal and pay for meals for uh, hospitality staff. And we are actively looking for other artists and photographers and have some other uh, sort of items like that in the work, but would love anyone and everyone who has an artistic voice and can express themselves in these ways to step forward and, and communicate with us about ways we can do fundraising efforts around uh, sort of art and stuff that mm-hmm. people can make with their hands, you know, cutting boards, hats, candles, like whatever, whatever moves you. So that's, that's another uh, way to engage and help out. And then on the bigger end, we have some folks that are helping us in the more like professional services domain with pro bono services. So what, whether that's accounting or legal or finance, um, marketing sort of all the professional service yeah. buckets, yeah. big opportunities to, to help out in that domain. And then last but not least, I mean, we're, we're talking with, some of the foundations in town and big corporate sponsors. So if, mm-hmm. if this message resonates with people who are 
are fortunate and are looking for uh, ways to support the restaurant community here in Atlanta in, in a more philanthropic kind of way. There are, you know, there's a huge need. This is a 300,000 person problem. It costs money, you know, $5 uh, to feed for, for a meal for, for each of these individuals. And if you multiply it, just in the best case scenario, if it's three meals a day times seven days a week, I mean, we're talking millions of meals a week and, and that's millions of dollars. So it's going to take a long time to get there. Like, you know, God forbid mm-hmm. we're to a point where that's the primary engine for, for that many people uh, eating food. But Hey, we're, we're, we're seeing a huge need here and trying to step up to the plate and do what we can to feed this population that's near and dear to our hearts. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it does require some money and, and we would be very grateful for all contributions, big or small, um, monetary, time, energy, creativity, everything can can be deployed in a in a meaningful way for this initiative. Yeah. Um well dude, I'll um I'll obviously do do my part in terms of sharing this information on any and every channel that we have with anybody who follows along or listens, obviously. Um, you know, uh, I think what you guys have stepped up to do is so beyond beautiful and the, the epitome of loving kindness of the industry that, um, so many of us love and grew up in. And, um, that's, uh, it's not a, it's not a fun story to tell, man, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's very needed. And, um, again, man, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep your story on the, on the, on the front burner, you know, for everybody to hear and, um, obviously give everybody an easy way to get involved in any number of those ways that you mentioned, man. Well, I, I, I super appreciate it, Ben. And, and, um, if I can just share one parting thought, hopefully it's, uh, a more concise soundbite of <laughs> things, but, uh, to me, the, the ultimate message here is like, if you, and this is not hyperbole, it's like, if you want to live in a world that has restaurants in it and has hotels in it, and if you like going out to eat, and if you like enjoying good food and good meals and having good experiences outside of your home, this is the time to support the restaurant and hospitality industry. Like, we need the help so bad and the cultural loss that is at stake here is extraordinary i can't imagine a world where new york new orleans chicago la atlanta paris all have 75 percent less restaurants in them like that's just not that's not an alive uh, energetic living breathing type of city that that i want to inhabit so this, this goes much beyond uh, the, the immediate needs here, which are huge, but it's we're talking like long range, 10, 20, 50 years down the, down the road, big ripple effects from a, a culture and society standpoint. So there's a lot at stake here, and it's really, really important, and I hope uh, anyone who's interested in supporting can, can look us up and, and try to help out. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for taking a little bit you know, out of your out of a Monday, man. Um, Again, thanks for sharing. Thanks for catching me up to speed. You know, and again, like we'll just we'll make sure that we share this with everybody. You know, who can uh, who can listen, who can you know check it out, just get involved or anything, man. So, 
Um, stay safe and, um, yeah, keep up the energy as best you guys can. And, um, you know, all the energy to you guys in the world. Seriously. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, Ben. And yeah, looking forward to staying in touch. Yeah, man. And, uh, Always. Yeah. Always. All right, Michael. It's good to hear from right. you, man. Take it easy. Yeah, stay safe. All right, man. See ya. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to this episode and for listening to um, everything that, that Michael had to say and to update us on. Um, if you're curious and you work in the service industry and um, you know, you're, you're out of work from being uh, employed at a restaurant or a hotel or, or anything in the space here in the city, uh, go check out atlfamilymeal.com. Org. And you can, um, you can actually see where you can get involved and how you can donate and some of the things that Michael was talking about. But again, go check it out. It's atlfamilymeal.org. And we'll have the link on our website as well. Um, thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll wash my hands if you do.